The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on after UFC Vegas 57, and I'm excited, but I sort of prefaced this on the preview show. I'm also in a weird place mentally for this show, if we're being honest, because normally I like to let these cards breathe a couple of days, then turn the page to the next one about midweek, but I'd be lying if I said that right now. Because it's full speed ahead to UFC 276 for me in that insane lineup, which took a little bit of a hit during Saturday's broadcast, but we're not here to talk about that. I'm ready to put a bow on UFC Vegas 57 with my best friend, Mr. Alexander K. Lee, who has been a little under the weather, but he's here like the man's man that he is. Hello, AK. I'm gutting it out, Mike, my best friend. I'm gutting it out for you, specifically you. Also, because look, this is listen. This is the this is the best time of the week. This is the the post fight glow, the post post UFC event glow. We get to spend time with the the no army, uh, and just just talk about the talk about the future, which is what people should be doing when they when they think about MMA. They should be thinking about their futures. That's what I always tell people: is there's no better time to plan for your future than after you've watched some MMA. I think it just gets you in the right in the right spot. AK. You seem, I mean, I understand you're under the weather, but you seem, uh, you got that look in your eye this week. We, we haven't seen it many times on this program, but you kind of have that look in your eye. Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll get to that later, why I have a certain look in my <laughs> eye. Uh, and the listeners are lucky they can't see it. Um, but I will say, uh, I was a little, um, 
was a little conservative with my picks this week, Mike. I don't know where you. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where you went with some of these names because I'm definitely. People know me. I'm pretty like cautious. I'm a very cautious person. There's some matchups that I'm like obsessed with, or some fighters I'm obsessed with. Now I'm like, I'll throw them right into the wolves. This was a very <laughs> eventful, enjoyable card to watch, with a lot of people living up or surpassing their expectations, and yet I still kind of. I'm still kind of like pulled back with the with the matchmaking. I kind of didn't go nuts with the matchmaking, so I, I really want to know what you did. Yeah, this this was an interesting one because they were either really difficult because there's like a dozen potential options, or it was just kind of you can't go wrong because there's like 30 names and all of them work. So there's tough. There's a couple of tough ones. I think the first two fights that we're gonna talk about are probably the toughest if we're being honest, because there's so many options, but let's get into it. And I have to say, okay, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. I'm a little tired, but I am in a good mood because I watched the main event between Matush Gamron and Armand Sarukian for the second time this morning, because those two guys did the damn thing for 25 minutes. And I wanted to make sure I wanted to watch it on mute. I wanted to watch it more closely. I wanted to make sure that my scoring that I had was not absolutely insane. Because watching it live, I scored it for Sharukian 49-46. And I watched it again this morning. Let me just say it's equally delightful the second time around, by the way. My score changed slightly. It changed to 48-47, Sarukian. I still don't hate the 49-46, but listen, it's not a robbery. And let me just add, because this is not being said really at all, and a lot of people feel that because I was very high on Sarukian that I'm like his vice president of fighter affairs... It's not true at all. I'm not crushed by him losing. It was a tremendous fight. I was just very high on the guy. But Sarukian probably should have lost a point at some point during this fight because he grabbed the fence a lot, like four or five times. Probably should have lost a point in that fight. So we could be talking about a draw. We could be talking about a two, like a two-point victory for Gamrot. But again, tremendous fight. And like I said from Jump Street, I thought Sarukian would win four rounds but not by much in either round. Like, it would be a game of inches. But in my eyes, AK, we have ourselves a competitive rivalry for years to come between these two guys. There's no way these guys don't fight again. Both guys' stocks rose tremendously. Gamrod, obviously, a little more because he got a hit his hand raised last night in a fight that we're going to be talking about at the end of the year in multiple ways. But Gamrod calls out Justin Gaethje. Do you like that fight, or are you going a different direction? The first thing I wanted to say was uh, there was one point actually taken away on Saturday, right? Who was it that actually lost a point finally? Because there's a lot of warnings. Someone lost a, a point? I don't remember that. Someone definitely lost a point. Maybe they didn't. They oh, maybe they didn't. There no were many one lost warnings. a point. Many there were so many warnings and so many fouls. For uh, who was it that? Oh, Chris Curtis. To be fair, though, only one of those was like really no, there was, egregious. There was two. There was two. One that caused the first pause. The second one was like closer to the belly button, whatever. I think I think Vada kind of got screwed there. The second one, did, uh, the third one, there was not a stoppage, a pause in action, but he clearly got kicked like right between the uprights. Yeah, that's uh, true. I and, forgot about the third one. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't cause uh, a pause. So, and either way, and no points anywhere. And again, I kind of understand it, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of chicanery going on last night, and no actual, no actual points, no eye pokes. I don't think. There you go. What a thing to celebrate. I think all the eye pokes were like, oops, it was an accident. And then it was like a high five and they just continued yeah, on. Yeah. 
so this is people will see here what I'm talking about when I said I went kind of conservative with this because Gamrot is one of the names in this card who I'm like again like we everyone's been saying future title contender at the very least possibly a future champion um, but I just feel like I don't want to throw him or any of the other guys up the rankings too quickly and I don't think the UFC will either so I love the Gaethje call out where I using my magic wand that is the fight that I would make but I'm not magic wand picking this one uh, I'm going to go with uh, the methodology, Mike, because I did kind of already set the seeds for this one last week. I said one of the UFC Austin, one of UFC Austin's big winners should get the winner of this fight. And it was so close that I'm actually sticking to it. So Ismagulov, after getting that, his own close win over Guram Kutatlatse, uh, I would like to see him fight. I want him to get the winner of this fight. So, yeah, I'll stick with that. I, I, I think, and I think the UFC will look at this one next, uh, Gamrot versus uh, Demir Ismagulov. The way you started the show with the conservative picks, I thought we were going to have a friends forever moment there. I was wrong. But uh, there, are, like, like, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of options here. I don't think he gets the Justin Gaethje fight. I doubt he gets a guy like Chandler. There's... A lot of people want to see the winner or loser of the RDA Fazee fight happening in two weeks. There's perhaps Benil Dariush. A lot of people suggesting that, but I mean, that would be a really tough sell for Dariush, right? Because this guy is a case to fight for the title right now. There are people who feel his resume is better than Islam Makachev's, and he, from a meritocratic standpoint, deserves the title shot more than Islam Makachev, and you're going to have him fight Matush Gamrot coming off a win over Armand Sarukian. It'd be a sick fight. I'd watch the crap out of it, but come on. you got to do Benil a little bit better than that. But Not, not to say that it won't happen. We've seen yeah. we've seen the UFC do more, more horrible things than that. So. so I'm going to make my pick by sending a message. And maybe he hears this, maybe he doesn't. But here's a message for this individual that I'm going to match Gamrot up against. We should we should play a clip of the BGs. I've just got to get a message to you. Like, but when we do, because I feel like we kind of intro some. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But here's the message. It's put up a shut up time. You can't make the this guy is ranked lower than me claim anymore. Want to know why? Because you're not in the rankings anymore. And even if you were, this guy probably jumped you on Saturday. So give me Gamrot versus Gregor Gillespie. This is where the winner should have gone more than likely. This is probably where I would have put Armand Sarukian had he won. Gillespie has to fight somebody. He has to fight somebody. He's not getting the Ferguson fight. He's not getting Chandler. He's not getting anybody ranked above that. This makes the most sense. And who is going to complain about this fight? This fight is... I don't know if it'll be as high level as what we saw last night. But this is pretty damn close. This is like the Intercontinental Championship version of the WWF title fight that we saw last night. So that's the fight. It's Gamrock, Gregor Gillespie. Nothing else makes sense. And Gillespie can't say no to this fight. Enough is enough. Yeah, I'm a Gregor Gillespie fan. And I feel a little bit bad for him because I feel like he is backing his way into like a tough a tough fight, uh, uh, low reward fight. Like I get it. I get it. Listen. Some fighters have been smart to sit out and, you know, eventually get the fight they want. Gillespie just is not in that position. Uh, as talented as he is, as accomplished as he is, the UFC just does not view him that way. And you're right. Now, now I don't, I can't remember what the options were for him before, but I feel like there was better, uh, more winnable fights than Gamrot. Because for me, I would favor Gamrot in that matchup. Um, 
And again, now Gillespie, he lost his spot in the rankings. He's probably, again, he's sitting on the sidelines trying to get a big fight. The UFC is just like, have fun. Good. It's like, it's, they're like us. It's like, Gregor, we like you. Uh, but we, we this, this is one of the deepest divisions in the sport. There's so many great matches we can make. If you don't want to be part of those right now, then we're, you know, we're, we're, then that's fine with us. So, yeah, he, he, I do feel like his, uh, he's maybe politicking himself into trouble here. And I could very much see the Gamrot fight happening. And as you said, I, I saw a lot of listeners saying, throw Gillespie to the Gamrot. As great as that fight was, as great as Gamrot's performance was, the MVP of UFC Vegas 57 by a long shot was Shafkat Rachmanov because this hype train just continues to grow exponentially after each performance, especially after last night because he just runs over Neil Magny. Incredibly impressive performance. He aces the test with flying colors. This guy is the truth. He's the real deal, my best friend. And I'm curious to see where you go with this. I'll be leave this one off because there aren't going to be a, a lot of guys at 170 who Rachmanov has earned the right to fight who are going to be like, yes, let's fight this guy. Not a lot of guys are going to be raising their hand to fight Rachmanov in the top 10. But who might end up getting that pen in their hand to sign a contract to face this dude man this dude is he's the real deal eh? <laughs> yeah. he is the real deal uh I, yeah i was pretty confident in him beating magni i i you know what and I, i'm not even gonna say that i didn't see it going that way um i think i actually picked in our official staff picks like uh uh, uh excuse me by first round submission because most of us agreed if this goes the distance and Magni is able to avoid trouble early, he will sort of outpace him. But if Rachmanov uh, st- gets his offense going right away, which he did, I mean, he just ran through him uh, in the first round and then kind of controlled the fight until he got the finish uh, at the end of the second, um, then, you know, it was going to be his fight. So, yeah, this was tricky. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of just went, you know, started at the top of my rankings and just went down from my welterweight rankings. And just went down and down and down and down. Uh, likelihood of fights, guys who are already booked. So this was tough because I do want to move him up. I, I do feel like you have to move him up at this point. He has jumped into my top 10. Uh, he's jumped firmly into my top 10 right now. I moved him above the man that he called out, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I don't love that matchup. I could see the UFC being interested in it. It was a pretty kind of a smart call out. But I settled on the... Uh, I was sitting on Jeff Neal if he beats Vicente Luque on August 6th. Um, and not just the winner of that fight. I think Rachmanov, he's a he's with uh, Sanford now, right? Yes. Or at least spent time training at Sanford for this yeah. fight. I don't know if that means he wouldn't fight Luque. But just for now, I, I, I assume they're at least on some sort of... There's certainly a chance that, you know, he doesn't stay permanently at that team. Like, he's... You know, he has his own team. It's just he prepared to Stanford, right? So there might be some some chumminess there. Maybe he won't fight Luque. Uh, so I'm saying so. And, and again, I'll just be specific and say and say Jeff Neal if he beats Luque for my for the sake of my ought no point. I'm looking at my rankings right now. I had Rachmanov at 13, which is two. Jed, I think, had him the most. Jed said he's put him in the top five. I'm I'm not putting him in the top five, but it's close. The only like. I'm going to have Rachmanov no worse than number seven in my yeah, rankings. I will have him above Vicente Luque. The only one I'm pondering, even though he has the second longest winning streak in the division, is do I jump him over Bilal Muhammad? Uh, so that's that's the question I have right now. Are you? Am I sharing my screen by accident? That's exactly – no, I have him exactly at seven. 
we should play, play the friends forever. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Not yet. No, we can't. We can't play. We can't play now. No. Uh, I have him exactly at seven, uh, behind Bilal Muhammad. I have Muhammad at six. I just, I would favor Rachmanov in a fight with him probably, but I, I have to balance, you know, accomplishments as well. And I just, I think Muhammad has the combination of both. It would be, you know, it'd be a competitive fight with Rachmanov, and I mean, he's just, you know, he's got some more bigger, bigger wins on there. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I thought five was crazy when Jed threw that out at us that he's going to make him a top five welterweight in his rankings. Yeah, but I am at seven, so it's definitely not unreasonable. A lot of people gave weren't overly thrilled with the Wonder Boy call out, and then he goes to the post fight press conference and he calls out Mazadal and he calls out Nate Diaz, and a lot of people didn't love those call outs either. I actually liked them a lot because of what I mentioned earlier. He's going to have a really tough time finding fights. So you might as well get your name in the headlines, get that search engine optimization. So when they pull up Jorge Mazadal, you got Rachmanov's name. It's actually a really good idea. The Wonderboy one is one that gave a lot of people pause. And let me just say this. If you chastise Sean Brady for calling out the NMF, then you have to at least somewhat keep that same energy with this call out. I hate that fight for Wonderboy. Wonderboy said he likes Pajeda or Kevin Holland. I love those fights. I suggest the Pajeda one. If they do Kevin Holland, that's awesome too. I stewed on this one for a long time, AK. This one took almost a half an hour straight of just looking at how this could play out, timelines and stuff. And the first thought I had was Gilbert Burns. Just throw him right in there with Gilbert. But... Much like you're saying with Vicente Luque, they both trained at Sanford MMA. They're teammates, they're acquaintances at least. So I'll say that's unlikely, at least for now. The Bilal fight actually makes perfect sense in my eyes. But if Bilal's not interested in fighting Sean Brady, there's no way he's interested in fighting Shafkat Rachmanov. Because that's just, that's just horrifying. My pick AK, and it's kind of a future pick just based on what I think is going to happen in the next two months. My pick is going to be Shafkat Rachmanov versus Leon Edwards, AK, because I think Leon Edwards is going to lose to Kamaru Usman at UFC 278. And we're going to see Edwards versus Rachmanov at the end of the year, because at that point, the UFC is going to say to themselves, listen, we gave, we gave Leon his title shot. He got what he wanted. And now he's back on our terms. He's got to fight this dude. I think that's how this play it plays out. But this is a tough one, man. It's tough. It's timelines. There's so many fights. There's trying to get the right guy. Welterweight is interesting, but it's like not great overall. There's just a lot of stagnance. There's a lot of guys in there that we don't even know what their futures are going to look like. Colby Covington with the whole court thing and the whole thing with Mazadal. Like we don't know where any of these guys are going. So I'm playing a future shot. Rachmana versus Leon Edwards, AK. I like it. I believe it. I can see. I, I, I saw you doing that. I imagine you doing the Doctor Strange 7 billion timelines thing uh, in your head there. Um, I want to ask. I'm not going to ask who's better because I think this is going to be a point of debate for the next little little while until both these guys fight again. Um, do you think we see Rachmanov and Hamzat Shemaya fight one another at some point before the end of 2023, whether it's for a world title or one of them already gets a world title shot and then, you know, comes off a loss and has to fight the other guy. And before the end of 2023, will we see this? I'll, I'll call it right now a dream match happen because I'm, I'm dying to see this fight. It all depends on how active Rachmanov is going to be because mm-hmm. this is the first time in his UFC career that he's fought more than once in a year. Once in 2020, once in 2021. 
He's already fought twice this year, so that's a real good sign. So if he can get a third fight in, especially, I mean, if he gets the Leon Edwards fight and Shamayev wins a title, then the answer is yes. He just probably needs, at worst, he would need one more win. And maybe he comes back in like April of 2023. So it's possible. It all, like, I, I would need to see Rachmana fight again this year to feel more confident. But if he is active, if he fights end of the year and then gets one in end of the first quarter, maybe early second quarter of 2023, there's a very good shot that happens if Shafkot, if uh, Shamayev wins the title. I love it. I need to see it. I need to see it. I feel like they, whether it's for a world title or not, I they have they have to cross paths at some point. They have to cross. Paths. And I'd say a five round main event, but I have a feeling. Um, no, you know, it could go the distance. Both of these guys are, are, are tough as hell. And we saw Shamayev go three rounds last time. So I, I'd say at least give him the opportunity for five rounds, even if it's a non-title fight. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go to, in my opinion, and it's actually what it was just hilarious on the post-fight show when we found out about this. But let's go to the man who, I mean, I'm not going to say stole bonus money, but he won bonus money over Carlos Ulberg, Mario Batista, Cody Durden, Josh Parisian has a fight with Alan Boudot. They're slapping some meat around. Boudot has Parisian badly, badly hurt. Parisian overcomes it. Boudot just like, it was like, I would have loved to have seen a damage bar in that fight because Boudot was probably in the green and then immediately went to the red in like four <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Parisian comes back, gets him out of there in the second. This could go so many ways. So I'm just, I'm just going to throw out William Knight, AK. Heavyweight William Knight. Let's okay. go. Parker Porter has a win over Josh Parisian already. So let's let Parisian try to get one back on the old Thornton MMA gym in Connecticut with Parker Porter's teammate, William Knight. So I'll go with that one. What do you think? I can't hear you, my best friend. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I've been covering up a lot because I've been sniffling a lot. So I'm, I'm, I've got my mute button on uh, on at the ready. Um, oh, what was the what was the point you just made for my my brain shut down? Uh, yes, the n- no, not <laughs> I, I always want to have a park reporter. Uh, you said something about the life bars and then before that, oh yeah, oh, the damage they, bar. <laughs> no, no, and, and then winning 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 a bonus. They like made. I feel like they made. They handed out three performance of the night bonuses on Saturday. They may, as far as we know, they may have made an extra bonus just to give $50,000 to Josh Parisian. It's possible. I mean, you could also say the extra bonus was for Rachmanov or Moises or whatever. But in my mind, in my mind, it feels like they said, let's do one more bonus. I, I, I feel like they had decided on Moises and Rachmanov and said, you know what? Let's do one more bonus. And that Josh Parisian, for some reason, uh, and there was other impressive finishes on the night, too. Um, was the man who benefited from that. So good for him. I'm not saying, listen, uh, Josh Parisian's a gamer. Uh, good for him. Is he the is he the poor guy who, <laughs> oh, you know, and he deserves it because he's the guy who went through Contender Series and was rewarded with an appearance on The Ultimate Fighter, right? Yeah, and then had to come back on the Contender oh, okay. Series. <laughs> you know what? I hope this is, I hope someone, whoever decides these bonuses thought about that and this is like a, lo- a long game kind of reward for him because that, again, that is the, one of the worst paths I've ever seen. To have to go through to go to the UFC, so uh, good for you, Josh Parisian. Enjoy that. Please enjoy that extra fifty thousand dollars. I think I just settled on. I, I I honestly don't. I wish I'd taken notes on why I decided on this. This was probably in the middle of the night, in the wee hours of the morning Eastern time. I settled on Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Nascimento. Sure. Why did I do, Mike? What, <laughs> Mike? Can you see my logic here? Why did I do this? Because you can. Anywhere from like 30 to 70 in the rankings, uh-huh. however the UFC has it, like any of those fights make sense. All of them I'd, make sense. I wish I'd taken notes. I like, it's like a comedian, like forgetting to, to write a joke down and like in the middle of the night and they wake up and they look at their notes and I'm like, what the heck, what is this? That's just the punchline. And it's like, what? So I didn't write down the, pre- I just wrote down the punchline of this, this matchup. I didn't, I didn't write down the, the setup. That's Bush League. That's Bush League on my part. I apologize. This bonus. And listen. I, I I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Josh Parisian because he went out there and it overcame adversity. Like the fight went exactly the way we thought it was going to go. But normally on these fight night cards, Casey always talks about card placement. And I'm always like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I think we're making too much of this. It's all just like one big stream. There's really no main card. It's just, you're just saying main card for the sake of saying main card when it's all just like one show from start to finish. And... This bonus has caused me to pause on that a little bit because had Mario Batista or Carlos Ulberg or Cody Durden fought in that featured bout slot, they would have got a bonus, like 100%. If Parisian, got, if Parisian got that finish in the second fight of the night, he's not getting a bonus. There's no way. There's just no way. And those other finishes... It's just, you got to feel bad for these guys. Like Carl Solberg's like, yes, finally got the finish. I was aggressive. I did what everybody wanted me to do. And just bolts to Fon and Chukwi. Just runs him over. After the first it was, punch it, he threw, it, it, was it was over. It was maybe the nastiest knockout of the night. Yeah. Mario Batista, what he did to Brian Kelleher was super impressive. Amazing. That was incredible. And then Cody Durda is just a vicious, vicious man. Just tons of power. The man can absolutely crack it. J.P. Bays. J.P. Bays was knocked down 11,000 times by Montel freaking Jackson and didn't get stopped. And Cody Durden goes out there and stops him in just over a minute. None JP of those guys bonuses. has had one of the roughest. He's probably uh, he's probably going to be released out of this three straight, 0-3 in the UFC now. 
he's having one of the roughest like UFC careers I've ever seen. He's yeah. t- he took in three years. I'll have to see like like you know per punches per or slash knockdowns per you know uh, minute. He is he got hurt a lot in his first three fights in his his three fights in the UFC. I think Man. it was 11, 11 or twelve total knockdowns. Oh my in three god, fights. That's not good. And he and in the code that knockout. If anyone missed on the prelims, that was scary because. He uh, was clearly, I think, was put out by, I can't remember if it was a left hand or right hand from Durden, but this looping bomb and put him up. But he didn't fall down. He kind of like he fell into sort of on, not on all fours, but, you know, posted up on his hands and feet. And I think he was out, but his body was just kind of locked up. So the referee wasn't calling the fight because it, it looked like he was still conscious. But Durden was just blasting him with punches. And I think Baze was completely out, but his body was just stuck in that position. And uh, thankfully, the fight was eventually stopped. I, I think the referee, I, I don't know if it was, uh, was it Big Dan? Was it was it the referee for that one? Mark Smith. Was that Mark Smith? Um, it was Mark Smith. You're correct. And that was really scary. And that just shows you, man, how crazy and like violent fighting is. Like, e- even even getting knocked out in a fight, you are not safe, if that makes sense to people. Again, I, I, it might not make sense to anyone who didn't see the finish. Watch that finish. He is frozen on, on his hands and feet. Um and taking a lot of punches. So whatever happens for JP Bays, again, whether he's still with UFC or parts ways, hopefully this guy gets some time off to rest and heal. And uh, and if he continues his fighting career, has has better health because this, this was a rough. This one of the, one of the toughest uh, three fight stints with the UFC I've ever seen. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Shafkat Rachmanov was the MVP of this card. AK, there's no doubt about that. But the silver medalist in the MVP award in my eyes is one Tiago Moises, not just because of the performance. But because he came a he he became a hero and an icon in my eyes because this is a tough hang if you're on the East Coast because it was just a long night <laughs> this is a marathon we were nearly we, we were like just around ninety minutes into the main card when this fight began and this is the third of six fights on the main card and we knew the main event was going to full twenty five. We needed a quick finish. We needed it badly because we thought there's no way Chris Curtis at Alpha Vieira goes to a decision. Goes to a decision. Goes to a decision. There's no way Umar Nurmagomedov doesn't submit Nate Maness in the first round. That fight goes to a decision, and Tiago comes through with a quick submission win over a pretty damn good fighter in Christos Tiagos, who just had nothing for Tiago. Tremendous game plan. Used his strengths wisely. And Tiago Moises' strength of schedule since coming into the UFC has been insane, to say the least, at 155 pounds. So where does he go after this quick yet heroic submission win to maybe pick up the pace a little bit on this card? Listeners, I'm going back to my conservative picks. I'm not ready to just throw Moises up there. I need to see a little more consistency. But but I am potentially, just depending how your rankings shake out, giving him a jump up. Um We've got a nice fight next weekend between Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner. Uh, give him the loser of that fight. Give him the loser of that fight. I think either one would be a nice test for him and a nice test for also, again, whoever uh, doesn't get their hand raised uh, UFC 276. So uh, Riddell would probably be the more appealing matchup for him. But uh, Jalen Turner's an up-and-comer. That'd be a nice name to if he were able to kind of uh, to, to hand him, let's say, a consecutive loss if Turner loses to, uh, to Riddell. So uh, Moises is just in kind of in the middle of that lightweight pack right now he's not really creeping towards the top 15 i know he's fought guys that are in the top 15 but he's not there yet for me um so i just need to see him mix it up with the with that middle of the pack a little more so um yeah i could see this fight being made and the timing just just working out 
Normally, I don't like to reward fighters who try to do our jobs for us, but he called out Joe Selecki, and since this man is a hero, let's give him what he wants. I think that makes perfect sense. Let's do Tiago Boises versus Joe Selecki. I'm in. Seems right with the rankings where they're at. Probably, Boises is probably like maybe a, a spot or two above Selecki, maybe three, but it's not by much. And yeah, he didn't... Sh- it was not. It, it was the probably the least ridiculous callout that we've heard in a long time. Like the maybe the most realistic callout we've seen. Yeah, you just kind of went like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. Uh, I love it. Jujitsu, jujitsu. Let me see. Let's see the jits. Let's see the jits. Uh, I, I mean, I'm always just loves to mix it up on the feet, but um, I, I do want to see some, you know, uh, a little less mixing the martial arts. If that fight were to happen, picking for Rachmanov is really hard, but this one might be. The most difficult of all. Umar Magomedov. I mean, he just ran over Nate Manus. And I actually, I talked about this in the post-fight show. I actually felt bad for Nate Manus. Like, I felt really bad for him. While getting submitted and choked in three minutes hurts the ego, it stings a little bit. It's not a horrible night at the office. Like, you go in there, you get paid, and you... Unless you something insane happened, you probably went in there with confidence thinking, maybe I can pull off a miracle, but I'm probably not going to. So the fact that he went the distance with Umar Namagamadov, good for him, but I just felt so bad for the guy throughout this whole thing. It was just pillar to post. I thought this would knock it out of the first round. I thought this wasn't possible, and that wouldn't be a horrible night for him. But all things considered, Jesus, 15 minutes with that guy? on top of you, just pounding you and just making your life miserable. Good grief. Kudos to you, Nate Manus. But this is so hard, man. This could go a number of ways. And I had to think about this one a lot too because we're probably going to have to play the wait and see game to see how some of these fights that are already booked play out. I will go with I will go this route just so I have an actual pick. If Pedro Munoz loses to Sean O'Malley... You do that fight. You do maybe the loser of Ricky Simone versus Jack Shorts, popular one. But here's here's the magic wand pick, AK. Here's the magic wand pick. What I would love to see, if this is possible, and I'm doing it if this if all goes well on August 20th, not all goes well, but if all goes in this direction. If Jose Aldo beats Marab Dewalish Willie, you do Umar versus Marab. That is just a ridiculous fight. Yes. But this is the toughest pick for sure for me. I, I, I don't know where to go because we have to wait and see how these play out, but... If I'm waving, if if I'm trying to play predictor, I think Sean O'Malley's going to beat Pedro Munoz, and I feel like Munoz is going to have to be the unfortunate sacrificial lamb in this in this weird equation. Okay. Um, yes, this was absurdly difficult. Bantamweight is just loaded. Fights have been, uh, people have fights booked. Um, so a lot of this also depends on where you're ranking Umar after Saturday's uh, impressive win. I bumped him up a lot. Uh, keep in mind, though, I also had him probably lower than people had him going into Saturday. So he wasn't in he wasn't in my top 20 uh, before Saturday. I'm sure a lot of people already had him in there. I didn't. Again, I just I, for me, it's like, you know, I need to see you win three UFC fights or fight in the UFC three times before I really have a good gauge of who you are. Uh, this was. Fight number three against an undefeated guy who was 3-0 is very tough. Is going to win a lot more fights in the UFC before it's said and done. So, yes, shout out to Nate Manus. Um, but Umar, yeah, made him look 
like they weren't even in the same uh, uh, promotion. It was like he had dropped down to some regional promotion and just and just uh, you know knocked some can around, which is not what Nate Manus is at all. Um, so you're right, Mike, about the you know the decision being almost so much more devastating than just getting caught. Uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to. I know people are fucking. This is. I'm sorry, guys. It's not the rankings show. I know this is Otno, but I do have to talk rankings. So I have Umar. Mike, tell me if you agree with some of this. Uh, do you have any idea, first of all, where you're kind of going to rank him when our next, you know, show comes up? He will be. He will be in. He will be number four. Well, because we have to. He might. He'll be anywhere between twelve and fourteen. Okay. So I still have him outside the top team. If you're going to kill me, I, I have a feeling our panel is going to skewer me. But here's why I have him below. And, and this is not and this is clearly not using the who do I think he would beat um, rule because there's a lot of names above him who I think he'd beat. So I have him at 17. People feel free to DM me and flame me. And here's who I have above him. Sean O'Malley, 16. Hafal Asuncao, 15. Yanez, 14. I still have Yanez above him. I, 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 you probably agree, right? No? Yes? No? No. no, I can't. I can't. I, li- I like Adrian a lot, but if, if, Umar, if Umar, if they match Umar and Adrian up, as much as I like Yanez, I'm favoring Umar. Like he's like a minus 500 favorite in that. If fight. I were using the who would Umar beat method, uh, he'd probably be in the top ten right now. I just need to see one, one more fight. I need to see one more fight. I, I know he's the real deal. I, I believe he's not just a future contender. I would pick him to become be a future champion someday. Of all the let me put this way, of all the guys who fought on uh, Saturday's card, if you were to ask me who is most likely to actually not just compete but win a UFC title, Umar would be my choice. Over Gamrot, over Surukyan, over uh, who else was the other Rachmanov? Over Rachmanov. Oh, <laughs> oh, that guy, yeah. Over Rachmanov, yeah. <laughs> I would pick Umar. I think Umar that is my guy. Uh, and that's saying a lot again when you consider the depth of Bantamweight. So um, yeah, look, I have him behind some names now. And that's why it's kind of a little bit easier for me to give him a fight that I think would be big for him. You might not like this. I'm so excuse I me. can't wait. Excuse I can't me. wait. You might not like this. Uh, but I think this would also be worthwhile for this name because if he got this win, I mean, it would just be huge for him and immediately change how people view him, I think, after his last couple of losses. Rob Font. Wow. Rob Font. Uh, again, Umar would be a huge favorite going into it. I would say at least minus four hundred. I understand, but if you're Rob Font, I don't think you say no. I know you want to. You don't want to. I know you're on a losing streak, um, but if you beat Umar or give him a tough fight, I mean that gets your stock right back. People already know Rob Font's good. Rob Font's in my top ten still. I think he's in a lot of people. I assume he's in most people's top ten at one thirty-five. I, it, it, I don't know if it would move him up. I don't know how much it would do for Rob Font's ranking necessarily. Because he's behind a lot of again pretty elite names in 135, but I think as far as reputation goes, it would get people thinking again. Is you know could he be could he himself be a world title contender someday? And I think he would be if he could somehow knock off uh, Umar. I wouldn't pick it, but if you're Rob Font, you certainly would believe you have a chance. I don't think you'd avoid it. So maybe that's where they go. Wow. So if if, if this is a fight like Umar wants, I think he becomes the biggest Pedro Munoz fan in the world. Like a Pedro beat Sean O'Malley. Because I think if Sean O'Malley wins, he's gonna they're going to give him Rob Font. I think that's how they're going to do it because uh, seeds are already planted. I think that's the way they go. That'd be like the nice, the next appropriate step up, I would think. Um, but man, I don't, I don't hate that at all. And that could be, 
That could be the direction they go. As we move on to Chris Curtis, a.k.a. Chris the Action Man Curtis, 3-0 in the UFC. He mixed the martial arts, a.k.a. against Hidalfo Vieta, and he lived to tell the tale. Gets the unanimous nod, and I would just be a terrible best friend and co-host if I didn't let you go first on this one. Seeing him mix the martial arts with uh, <laughs> with Adolfo Vieta was horrifying uh, at first. But then you realize that he's been mixing the martial arts for a long time and that this mixing is certainly why he was able to avoid, was it 20 takedowns statistically? Something like that, yeah. Something like 20 takedowns, which I everyone was saying on social media has to be some sort of record. Uh most offended without ever getting taken down once. He, yeah, he did not get taken down. It was over twenty for Hadolfo uh, Vieta. Now some of those were, if people saw like the the latter half of the fight, some of those were very half hearted, like like very telegraph takedowns. Uh, and you know, Curtis again to his credit saw them coming a mile away and just easily like brushed them off. And those counts as a takedown defense. And but he defended a lot of deep ones too. So listen, I love the action, man. This has been such a fun ride to see him excel in the ufc as so many people knew he would at 185 which you know he's kind of said like isn't really his weight class but chris curtis if the if the wins keep coming you just you just stay there this is this is the right place for you so obviously yes i'm not going crazy or anything here and, and matching him up um outside of uh outside of this division he should stay at 185 how do we move him up mike how do we move up chris curtis i say give him the uriah hall andre muniz loser which goes down uh, next weekend, UFC 276. So Hall would be a fun striking matchup. Two guys who have, again, two strike veterans who, with, who are great strikers. And Andre Muniz, look, we just saw him handle a grappler in Hadolfo Vieta. So I know a lot of people think like, oh, Andre Muniz is going to run through um, Chris Curtis. Maybe he would. Maybe he would. You know, maybe he's got a better gas tank than uh, than Hadolfo Vieta. Maybe he's a better striker than Hadolfo Vieta. I don't know. But I think the loser of this fight is the right way to go. Maybe I saw some people saying the winner too, but I'll stay, again, very safe here. I'll go loser, and uh, the rise of uh, Chris Curtis continues. Look, and I said this, in the, if, if you listen to the post-fight show, you already know my pick for this one. Since we're not getting Alan Badeau versus Joss Parisian in Paris, how about we get Chris Curtis versus Nasruddin Imovov on that card in September instead? I think that's a fine fight. It's a scrap for sure, and we'll see which guy that's on a, on a tear continues to stay on said tear. It makes sense to me. That's the fight I'd like to see. I think Chris Curtis deserves the opportunity to fight a guy in the top 15. And Imovov needs to get another win under his belt before most people view him as a serious contender at 185. I'm close to saying he's a serious contender at 185, but I'm not quite there yet. But if he beats Chris Curtis, that would certainly answer some questions for me. So I like that fight a lot. But Chris Curtis against anybody is great. There were some really good listener suggestions. There were some really bad listener suggestions too, but there are some really good listener suggestions for Chris Curtis that we will go to. But before we go to that, AK, we got to go to the wild card pick. We will select one fighter we have not match made for, and we will do so right now. So it could be anybody. It could be Neil Magny. It could be Armand Sarukian. It could be anybody who did not get a win on the main card. It could be someone who got a win on the prelims, someone who did not get a win on the prelims, AK. The sky's the limit. The options are aplenty. What did you land on? I was definitely tempted to go with one of the uh, main card losers, either Armand Strukian or Neil Magny. But I, I instead, I wanted to put some shine on one of my favorite bantamweights uh, who fought in the prelims, 
who has had a hell of a start. We talked about um, Tiago Moises, you know, facing stiff competition in his UFC career. Uh, Sergey Morozov, I mean, man, this dude, he fought Umar in his first fight. Uh, Khalid Taha, very good bantamweight in his second fight. He beat him. Fights Douglas Silva de Andrade, who I think is one of the most underrated guys in 135. I think people look at his resume. Uh, he's bounced between weight classes, yes. His only losses at 135 are to Piotr Jan and Rob Font. Uh, and he and and he beat Morozov, so obviously I think highly of uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade. And uh, Halim Paiva, who I think is also a top 20, uh, top 25 guy at 135. So um, that's a that's a ridiculous uh, run. Uh, good for Morozov for, for gutting out the win. That was a tough fight on Saturday. He he came into the UFC with actually a pretty decent amount of hype. People just kind of don't remember because he faced Umar and and Umar had way more hype than him. Uh, and I want to say I'm giving him an easier fight, but there's no easy fights at 135, at least not around the area he is. So I'm just throwing Morozov back to the wolves. I'm a believer this guy is kind of like a sleeper contender if he can string together the right wins. He's certainly behind against some of the names we've mentioned, but. I do think if he can get like if he as he develops and if he can put like to kind of just kind of put a run together, you'll see him in that like you might see him sneak into that top ten and into contender talk um, sometime next year. I, I really think highly of him. So I'm giving him a tough tough fight, uh, Jonathan Martinez. Ooh. Jonathan Martinez, yeah. If he beats him again, I think we'll get more people talking. I think we'll get people realizing that Morozov is not just a guy who fights tough uh, fights tough competition. He's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, himself so or or not or martinez beats him and then you know four straight for martinez then there we go and then Mar- now we're talking martinez as a contender so just a good matchup for both guys yeah i mean there's a lot of ways you can go with 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 Marzov. you could do chris gutierrez you could do mario batista who got a nice one on this card there's there's lots of fun ways we can go with this and again normally i don't like to reward matches that are kind of made on the night of the cards but in this case, I'm going to make an exception because it wasn't the actual fighter who set it all up. It was actually somebody else on social media who set it all up. Young Jeffrey Molina called out Cody Durden. He said, time for you to see daddy. Cody was asked about it at the post-fight press conference. And it wasn't really followed up on. But Cody took the opportunity to just continue to pile it on Jeff Molina. And then it was, yeah. I think that's the fight. I mean, these two guys are building it themselves. Let's just friggin' do it. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any difference. These guys are ranked around the same, in my opinion. So yeah, let's just do that. It's fun. The build will be fun and well, maybe maybe not so fun. Maybe maybe at times not so fun, but you know what I mean. The fight will be good though. And I'm in. I like it. Intriguing matchup. So let's yep. go with that. Yep. Uh, uh UFC, listen, these guys are build they're doing the build for you themselves. Just make it happen. Yes. Now, extracurricular time, AK. Do we have any check the tapes? Do we have, is someone well, going to attack me in well, a mic check style? What's up? Mike, why don't you tell me? Do we have a check the tapes that uh, someone d- d- deserves a point? Why don't you tell me, Mike? Hmm. I know who deserves a point. I do. Me. It's been a long time since I've been able to stake a claim to an Otno point. And damn it, I'm taking it. Jose, you're not getting any of it. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll I'll buy you a beverage in Las Vegas, but you ain't taking the Otno point. You ain't taking a quarter of it, half of it, a tenth of it. It's all mine. It's in my account. I've been very giving with my Otno points, and I'm taking this one back. Gregory Rodriguez versus Chidi and Jokwani, September 17th. Location TBD. That fight rules. There you go. Uh, now, Mike, this was also a very popular listener pick. Right, would you be willing to share some of your point with 
or do we give them do we give them uh, some of the lesser stock, the lower stock Otno options? Um, I will. Would give, you be willing to share? I will boost their Otno bank account interest rates up a half a percent. So we like they, they're not going to get the full credit wow. for this one, but their previous victories are going to get a, a a little bit of a boost and. In long-term finances, over time, it's gonna it's gonna lead to some healthy returns. So I'm gonna give them that. But listen, you may a lot of people may have said it, but I said it first. So there you go. This is true. This is true. Uh, by the nature of the show, you get you kind of get first dibs. So uh, some might say an unfair advantage, but we just say hey, that that is life, and that is how uh, Otno works. You're a very generous man, and uh, uh, and a very intelligent. This is this is why how you're able to afford Command Center 2.0, and your and your lush wood background. Yeah, well, I mean, there's more work to be done, so I need more Otno points to to finish the job. But I have to take this one. I just have yeah. to. Yeah, listen. Yeah, you also didn't didn't uh, become a rich man by just giving Otno points away. So. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, yeah, listen, the other thing I want to say, this, well, this kind of ties into our listener, uh, you know, normally, listener picks. Normally, I, I like to say the title of the episode here, either given to us by Marcus McGahee or Chris Martin or someone else. I'm naming this episode, Mike. This is the doo-doo edition, all right? Based on some of the... <laughs> Some of the bull poopy, pardon my language, that we received in our picks. Uh, so we'll get to that. Um, I'm not happy with our a lot of our <laughs> listeners. I am not. I cannot believe some of the egregious errors and callous oversights uh, that I saw in some of these picks. I am just shocked. Some of them kind of excusable, and I will I will say so um, when it comes up. But I am like legit discussion. Should, should I go to the disclaimer, Mike? Yeah, go please. All right, listen. Categories rule, guys. Uh, hopefully, you have the only. If you're the only person to pick a fight, very difficult to do. Guess what? You get a rare solo auto point. Congratulations, people. Pay attention. Weight class. Did these people fight already recently? Does someone have a notable injury that we know they're not going to come back? Has this fighter been released? Is our as a fighter already booked? Are these guys teammates, etc.? Your pictures might be do do, and we don't want to read it. That's the golden rule. I'm going to say two right now, so I don't have to call out people individually, um, especially since they they came out. Um, uh, excuse me. They um, they came from multiple people. One of them's not so bad, Mike. I saw some uh, Vanessa Demopoulos versus Sam Hughes. Now, but people should know this was a, this is a rematch. I'm sorry. I know the fight happened a while ago. I get it. I wanted, but I I hold the analysis to a higher standard. I wanted one person, just one person, uh, and maybe I missed the comment. I do have a couple of uh, things that I haven't uh, readers uh, listeners, excuse me, that I haven't read their whole DMs yet. One person to remember. They fought in the LFA. Uh, demo picked up a, a sick inverted triangle choke submission. I believe this was covered on MMAfighting.com, and I expect everyone who is a fan of our site 
literally every article that pops up on our website. So if you missed this and you didn't commit it to memory, shame on you. Because I saw people recommending this fight. And you could all you got to do is throw a two on there, guys, so I know you know that their LFA fight happened. Secondly, this one also isn't bad. So I, I can't remember the one that really made me mad. I think it's coming up later. Uh, Moises and Dawson. I saw a lot of people, Tiago Moises and Grant Dawson. Okay, it's not that bad because maybe you weren't aware they trained together at a Marine Top Team. It is super bad, though, because Grant Dawson was in his corner. Tiago <laughs> pointed he, to he him and said, pointed, thank you, Grant he literally, he literally said, my buddy Dawson helped me with that. So if you're not aware they trained together, fine. Maybe you didn't watch the card, I guess. But he was in his corner for this fight. You probably will not be seeing that fight happen anytime soon. Uh, so, God, Mike, I don't know. I'm sorry to give this off such a bad note. And I am going to – I know there's one more. I can't remember. Then I'm going to call out. Maybe it will come up in your in your picks, and I'll call it up then. <sighs> Mike, go ahead. I'm, I am annoyed. There's a few, there, there are a few here. What is going on? It's happening. Is, is it, did we, are, have we been too lenient? Is it our fault that we haven't called people out enough? Listen, it's been an emotional ride for our listeners, you know, going through just – 275 the emotional roller coaster then we have fight night at a, at a time it should always be with a crazy card in austin and then you're asking them to come back on the east coast like for, this is for, true. For a Somebody... later stop time start time in a card that leads into ufc 276 which which looked solid on paper but not as good as 276 like they have to make a choice do we skip this one or do we watch it because people keep telling us the main event's going to be really good there's a lot going on here um I have no explanation for some of these, but we're just going to get into these. Matt Ravelli, hey Mike, good night of fights. I want to see Chris Curtis versus the loser of Andre of Uri Hall versus Andre Muniz. Shafkat Rachmanov versus the winner of Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. There you go. Robbie Ryan, I jumped the gun and the judges got it wrong again. Sarukian won that fight. However, my edit is Gamrot versus Dariush. Sarukian versus Gaethje. All right, throw him to the wolves. I like it. Jack Porter for Otno. Gamrot versus Chandler. Sarukian versus RDA after he loses to Fazeev. Wow. Shafkat versus Gilbert Burns again. I, I'm not going to call this doo-doo. I'm not going to call that or Luke doo-doo. I'm just not, I'm not doing it because he goes, like when he goes to the States, they work together. It doesn't mean they're like best friends. They're not wearing wolf hats together. I don't even remember seeing like Shafkat and Gilbert Burns in a social media picture together. So maybe he just trains there, but they're not. We've seen Gilbert Burns fight Kamaru. We've seen teammates fight quite a bit. It happens. Parisian versus Jared Vandera. I'm going to let this one slide because Vandera is fighting in two weeks, but we didn't know until Saturday. So if you didn't oh, watch yeah. the card, oh, yeah, you yeah. didn't know that Jared Vandera is fighting Chase Sherman July 9th and was... a fight that should just be the absolute best. I can't wait for it. However, Jack Porter, I am going to get, I am, I am going to uh, perhaps unleash AK on you for two of your picks. I'm going to say one that's not going to be uh, one of those. Nermaga Madoff versus Munoz if Munoz loses to Sean O'Malley. I believe that's what you said. You you didn't you put Moises, but I know you didn't mean that because you put Moises in a matchup that you shouldn't have. You suggested Moises versus Bobby Green. They just freaking fought. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, I just okay, I just got one of those as well. I will say, did they put a two? Did they at least acknowledge no. it's a rematch? Nope. Okay, so for me, like that's actually a fight I would like to see again. We are a couple of years. we are a few fights. I, I feel like we are enough fights removed, and uh, uh, almost eh, almost two years, I guess, removed. If you want to be generous with the time there, 
that that would be a fun rematch. But yes, people, you have to acknowledge the rematch because I am assuming they just that means that you didn't know. And we've said this before in previous shows. We've said this. We want to believe you. Mike has been very nice. Mike, you have you have actually given a lot of people the benefit of the doubt when they have recommended fights that were rematches without indicating that they knew that. I have less tolerance for it, and I am losing what tolerance I have left for it by the day. Yeah, my tolerance is lost with this last choice. Come on. Mario Batista versus Casey Kenny. I think Batista could be a real contender in this division, so I think this match should move him up quick. Yeah, go to Arizona and go to the MMA lab, and you can watch this fight like all the time because oh, they train teammates, together. Teammates. Come on now. John Ray. Which Jared Vallel decision is worst? 30-27 Demopolis or 29-28 Romero versus Phil Davis? That's It's got to be Romero versus Phil Davis. I'm sorry. It's got to be Romero versus <laughs> the, Phil Davis. Yeah, look, the Demopolis uh, score, I don't agree with it. Um, I actually think if people watch it again, they're going to realize all those rounds were a lot closer. I certainly would have given Jin Yu Fry the first round, um, but I, haven't, I, I, I think on a close watching – you could kind of, kind of see where Demopolis maybe was perceived as doing more, da- having the more damaging strikes. Again, I don't agree, personally. Um, it's not the worst scorecard ever. It is, but I'll, I would classify it as bad. I, I don't think it's a it's good pre- score. It's it's a bad card. It's probably okay. the worst card of the night, in my eyes. I do. I don't. And let me just clarify, just to make sure here, because some people are like, "What do you don't like Vanessa Demopolis?" No, I I don't have a problem with Demopolis winning that fight. And I think Demopolis did more to show that she wanted to win that fight more than Jin Fry did, in my sure. opinion. She sure. went after it more. She maybe felt like she was down on the cards and really needed to win that third round. Jin Fry was very technical, listened to her corner, but just didn't take it to that next level when she needed to. And Demopolis tried to take it to that next level. So to me, I, I don't think it's a robbery. The thirty twenty seven card is pretty awful because I just don't see a world where Demopolis won that first round. I just don't see a world. I will say I think Umar only getting not getting a ten eight on one of the George judges scorecards is worse. Yeah, I try to say that on the post fight show, and yeah. everyone's like, "Well, it doesn't really matter because the right guy won." I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't yeah, but matter." Still, but uh, yeah, does. come on, it's still it's a bad card. Just a, yeah, we're just saying, it's just yeah. just the one scorecard. We're just saying there's there should have been at least one ten eight in there. Let Umar mm-hmm. take solace that he got a ten eight on every every card. His picks: Durden versus Molina, Batista versus Morozov. Love that fight. Nurden Biaka versus Young Wu Choi. Carlos Ulberg versus Ed Herman. Rock I saw a lot of that. That yeah. was like the unanimous. I mean, there's other picks for. I don't mind that one. I like it because. I like the optics of it. And this is not to say Ed Herman is not an attractive man. Uh, but he's, you know, he's he's a grizzled veteran. I like the idea of the the up-and-coming pretty boy, uh, Carlos Ulberg, and uh, and the grizzled, just get get her done UFC veteran, <laughs> Ed Herman. I like I like I like how people kind of see them on a scale and be like, oh, this uh, you know, this uh, Carlos Ulberg's gonna kill Ed Herman, you know, if you've never seen another guy fight before. But it's like, listen. Ed Herman, Ed Herman does not go down easy. I don't care who he's fighting. He's going to give someone a scrap. And uh, that would be a huge test for Carlos Ulberg. Huge, huge, huge test. So I like it. I'm glad everyone does. That's kind of – you know what? So uh, listeners, I'm sorry I, I crapped on everyone, but um, that one kind of won me back over. I'm glad everyone seems to be down with Ulberg and Herman. That's a good one. Rock, he likes Rachmana versus Kiesa, a.k.a. I think maybe this will sweeten you up a little bit for you make your picks. He likes Nurmaga Madoff versus the Nurmaga Madoff Silva de Andrade winner because there can only be one. <laughs> uh, Saeed is not related, as not actually related to Khabib, right? Right. 
But they are like, aren't they still associated with each other? I don't are, they, know. are they not? I have no, I don't know. I thought they were at least still friends or trained. I don't. I, it's hard to say. Yeah, but yeah, he's the one who was very confusing. I think like when he would debut, there was a lot of like, oh, he's another cousin of Habib. And I think it had to be clarified that like he's maybe like cousin in the sense that like you and I are cousins. Like you know, one day when we meet, I'll be like, what's up, cuz? I think like that. <laughs> Like in that sense, they're cousins. I don't think they're blood, but I do think they're associated. But I get it. I get the joke. Nemergamedov and Nemergamedov. Ha ha ha. Okay. Gerard Biagin. He likes Sarukian versus Marco Madsen. This will shore up Armand's wrestling and give Madsen a shot at the rankings. I like the matchup. I don't necessarily agree with the shoring up of Armand's wrestling because Armand's wrestling doesn't need a whole bunch of shoring up. Gamrod. I mean, Gamrod got better in the fourth and fifth round. That's for sure. Maybe the gas tank needs more shoring up. Then Armand's because I thought Armand's wrestling was great, especially on the defensive side of things. But it would be an interesting matchup. I don't. I actually don't mind that one. I actually don't mind it. Uh, if we're gonna give, and Mark's good. I would feel it's a somewhat step back for Armand if we're being honest. But if they go that route, I wouldn't hate it at all. So not a bad suggestion. And the other thing I'll say about Gamrod is you have to keep in mind he's older and like in a good way. Sometimes we call it say someone's older in combat sports and we we say it in like a uh, you know like it's detracting from what they can do. But 31 years old, Matias Gamrod is a man. He is a man. He has man strength, uh, great jujitsu, and uh, and a man uh, man conditioning, a man gas tank. And I think like Suruki is just not quite there yet. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, he's only twenty five. I would. I, he's one of those guys who I bet a year from now we'll hear like, oh, I, 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 I got my. I wasn't eating right. Like I didn't get my diet right until now, and and I just started like doing this ex- certain exercise and training in this way, because he's a really gifted guy. I just like naturally gifted, um, and I'm sure a hard worker. But again, he's twenty five years old. He's nowhere near a finished product yet. And any questions about him like slowing down a five round fight? Again, wait for him a year from now, eighteen months from now. And I think he'll shock us with like, holy crap, he'll go like a hard five rounds, just be like this relentless guy. I think it's entirely possible. So, yeah, but you, saw, you saw the difference, you know, um, in, in experience. And I talked about this in the preview show, right? What was the biggest factor? Uh, and I, I mentioned experience was huge. Um, and not just like age, but like meaningful in-cage experience. And I think we saw how much of that paid off for Gamrot. Because, um, yeah, listen, this was a man fighting a 25-year-old prospect. And wait till Sarukian becomes like a man-man. Uh, and then we'll, again, we'll still be talking about him as, you know, a guy who could win a world title someday. Shout out to Paul Felder. I thought he did a fantastic job color in the color commentary seat for that main event. I thought he did a fantastic job just kind of warning people of what could happen, especially on Sarukian, just loading up on all those kicks that he was dead on with with the way he viewed, viewed it. So well done. Uh, Gerard also likes Rachmanov, Vicente Luque, win or lose against Jeff Deal. Neil Magny versus Sean Brady. I'm not gonna. We've talked about this before. It's not. I'm not gonna say this is doo doo, but they do have a relationship. They do train together quite often. They're not like teammates, but they 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 are tight. Um, so not a doo doo pick, but just for future. If it comes up again, I've said this a few times now, so we'll let this one slide. I'm being lenient. Josh Parisian, Rodrigo Nascimento, okay. How about that? A friend's there we go. moment. Uh, who, who was this? Who was this? Gerard Biagin. Gerard Biagin. Uh, Gerard, if you're out there, can you DM Mike and tell me what you're thinking so I can try to remember what I was thinking <laughs> with that matchup? Because I, I honestly don't know how I land on that. Tiago Boys is Claudio Pueyes. Good fight. Umar Namagamadov, yeah. Chris Gutierrez. Chris Curtis versus the middleweight, middle, middleweighty, middleweight champion of the world, Christoph Jocko. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Carlos Ulberg versus Alexa Kamer. Yeah. Don't mind that. Shylin versus Kemuel Kirk. Morozov versus Kyler Phillips. 
Mario Batista, John Castaneda, that's a banger. Cody Durden versus Tatsuro Tyra. I like that fight as well. So throw him in there with another killer. Yeah. <laughs> two fights after Makaya. I know, right? You get to fight in three fights the two brightest prospects in this division. Drew Hilty, sorry about the arm. Sorry about the arm on loss. He looked great in the other uh, in there. Other than the five times you got the fence, stop apologizing for the arm on loss. I have no emotional attachment to it. I was just very. I just touted a guy very highly. Come on, Gamrot versus Benny. Since it seems like Oli versus Islam is being made, and Gaethje is going to avoid this matchup like the plague. Sarukian versus Gillespie. I would love to see that fight. That was the fight the UFC wanted originally for this card, and Gillespie said nope. And we got this fight instead, which I'm okay with. Hated the call out of Wonder Boy. No one wants to see that, but I like Shafkat versus Bilal. Moises Selecki is great. Umar versus La Mangosta, aka Victor Henry. Love that fight. Curtis versus the Tavares DDP winner. It would have to be DDP because Tavares trains with Curtis. Wild card Magni versus D Rod. Good fight. Like that idea. Yes, good for both guys. Tony Ferguson, or I'm sorry, Turd Ferguson, which oddly enough goes with Matush Gamrot versus Tony Ferguson. Okay. Uh, Shafkat Rachmada versus Jorge Mazadal or Steven Thompson. Sorry, I don't like either of those. Not doo-doo picks. I just don't like either of them. And neither of them are taking that fight. Josh Parisian versus Paca Porta. They already fought. Doo-doo. Tiago Boises versus the yes, winner of I, saw, I think that was the another one. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones that, oh, God. Yeah, the... Uh, Tiago Boyes is versus the winner of Diego Fajeda, Drakar Close, Umar Namagameda versus Javier Sunsau, Chris Curtis versus Edmund Shabazian, Olberg versus Pracnio, Nurdin Biaka versus Kirk, another one, Maraza versus Barcelos, Durden versus Francisco Figueredo. Francisco has a fight coming he is up, booked. I believe. He yeah. is booked. That is Dudu. That is Dudu. He is fighting <laughs> Amir Albazi, UFC 278, August 20th. Come on. Mario Batista versus Hani Yaya. That's assuming that this Cody Garbrandt fight doesn't happen. And what do you think? Yeah, yeah. He's got like a neck thing, right? Oh, but they said that they said it's not serious, or they think he'll be back. Like they, they think he'll be. From what I understood, he was basically like you have to sit out for a month, okay, and then okay. you can start training again. It's that's an old man injury. That's yeah. a, that's that's. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of this matchup, AK? Vanessa Demopoulos uh, versus Angela Hill. Wow, I. You know what? <sighs> I mean, Angela, Angela Hill hasn't lost a split decision in a while, right? So it feels like that's that'd be perfect for her. <laughs> I actually don't. Uh, I, that, that's a thinker. Uh, Strawweight is not a bad division, but it is uh, thin. Uh, thin as far as how many people are in it. Um, by my count, there's 40-something contracted fighters. And this and, and my, my, rank, my list is pretty informal. There could be people who have been released, or there could even be names that are, sorry, should be, that have been signed that haven't fought yet. But it's definitely around 40. So, yeah, if you've won, was that two fights in a row now for Demo? Yeah, if you won row. two fights in a row, she's in my top 25 in the UFC now. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy to say she's a top 25 um, UFC fighter, uh, but she is, uh, at strawweight anyway. I guess you kind of could make that happen. And if you're Angela Hill, that'd be a great fight to take. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. I, again, I like that, kind of what you said earlier. She, she, she's in there to win fights. You know, she's in there to win fights. Maybe Jin Yu Fry is the, was the more skilled fighter on Saturday. But Vanessa Demopoulos knows what the judges want to see. She she can She's a convincing fighter, if not the most skilled fighter yet at this stage of her career. So maybe, maybe it is, maybe you can, you can throw her in there with Angela Hill. I don't hate it. That's very, who was this again? 
This was Turd Ferguson. Turd, just a great name. Turd Ferguson, I like it. Yes, and plus Vanessa Demopoulos currently has the best gimmick in MMA. The only one who oh. could, the only one who could surpass it is if Josh Parisian jumped into the arms of Michael Bisping. That'd have been the best, and I would give him you, two bonuses if he did that. Did you see what she said about jumping into Bisping's arms after the show? No. And the postman. Okay, so. Obviously, there's some fun questions asked in her scrum. Uh, someone, asked, one person asked, uh, who was the better sort of hugger or catcher hugger? She said Joe Rogan easily, mainly because Bisping did not actually really catch her that much. He kind of had like one arm out. He didn't really. He's maybe he's not a hugger, so he didn't really catch her. She kind of had to hold herself up by almost by one arm around his like shoulders and uh, neck. And someone said like, oh, that, you know, they credited it to her. Uh, she, she has done uh, pole dancing before. And so it was essentially like she essentially used she made Michael Bisping the pole <laughs> is what I'm saying and had to use her own <laughs> upper body strength and balance to hold herself up so she didn't fall. And she could do her kind of post fight, her now signature post fight victory pose. So I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Cormier has got to get it someday. I think that'd be so much fun. He would catch her. Oh, He's, God, he yeah. Would, yeah, he would catch it. He'd do a great job of it. Does anyone else? Paul Felder, I think. I, I don't know. I wonder. How, I don't know how Paul Felder would have handled it. Is that it? Is that all for um, people who do the post-fight interviews? Yeah. Oh, Anik. Anik. Oh. Does Anik? Um, very rarely. Okay, that would be. I, his, he's probably done. I doing think post-fight he, but interviews. I think he could though. He, I think he could. I think he could. I think he could do it. And someday, God willing, Laura Senko. I would love to see. Vanessa Demopoulos jumped into the arms of Laura Stanko. I would be so funny. Uh, yeah, that's so. It's a great gimmick. It's man, it's good. That's a smart gimmick. Yeah, I love it. JD Felt Parisian versus <laughs> whatever tattoo artist spilled ink on his back. That's funny. Uh, Nirbaga made up versus Frankie Edgar. Sorry, AK. Happy birthday, Canadian Bryant. Oh, sorry, who, who was that? Uh, that what was the, uh, who versus Edgar? Nirbaga made off. Yeah, listen. Uh, and who was who said this? JD Felt. JD Felt, I got this from Sean Haywood as well on Twitter. Uh, that's a doo-doo pick. Not because it breaks any rules, just because it breaks my heart. <laughs> Umar, I love Frank Yeager. I, I want to say, and he'd be competitive against anyone, but Umar Nurmagomedov, at this stage of their careers, would F him up really badly. I do not need to see this in my lifetime. We go to, let's go to Canada, okay? Canadian Bryans, good morning, Mike and AK. No intro today, straight to it. Wildcard pick. Hidalfo Vieta versus Gerald Mearshart, whether he wins or loses against Bruno Silva. I like that idea. Love it. Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Umar Namagameda versus anybody who loses their opponent in all these booked upcoming Bantamweight fights. I like that idea. And if you're Umar, you keep your phone near you. Because if something happens and you get the chance to slide in there, you slide your happy ass in there and do it quickly because there's a lot of people in this division who are vying for that spot. Josh Parisian versus Jake Collier. This might be the actual best pick for Josh Parisian. I love that fight. Rachmanov versus Bilal Muhammad. Don't need to see Wonderboy get grappled to death again. Gamrot versus the winner of RDA versus Rafael Vizzi. Rafael Vizzi, excuse me. Yes, I said winner because I think whoever wins that fight will more than likely fight back in the rankings. Sure. Chris London, Otno 57. He gives us a title. Hardcore's delight. It was indeed. Gamrot it versus was. Dariush. Sarukian versus Dan Hooker, AK. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Again, it's sort of sort of the same logic I have for um, Rob Font versus Umar is like if you're a hooker, you you want fights that are going to, you know, against good names that are going to keep you in there because he's fallen out of there. He's fallen out of there. I know he'd love to fight up for sure. 
But at some point, you are going to have to take these tough fights. And again, if you are the guy who puts a dent in, in someone's record, like an Umar or like a, uh, a Surkian, um, that was, sorry, that was Surkian, right? Surkian Hooker, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case, it would be another dent. Uh, it's good for you. It's good for you. Uh, and I, if you're a hooker, you, again, yeah, you, you you can't really pick and choose at this point. So I think I saw someone uh, in my picks as well with that. And I'm I'm into it. I'm going to keep this going positive because it's gonna. we're about to take a downward turn, AK. <laughs> oh, no. Let's take a downward turn. He likes Rachmanov versus Brady or Bilal. Umar versus the winner of Jack Shore, Ricky Simone. Carlos Ulberg versus Iwan Kutalaba. That's interesting. Don't really hmm. love that right now, but... Because wrestling, if if we get wrestler Iwan Kutalaba, that's mm-hmm. a rough night for Carlos Olberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like where you're coming from. You want to see chaos, and I get that. Uh, he likes Curtis versus Buckley. Sounds good, too. This is where we fall off the cliff, AK. This is where we fall off the cliff. I can actually hear the whistling sound of these picks falling to the ground. Dust is about to fly up after a, 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 a faded little thump. Josh Parisian versus Ike Villanueva. We get two, I mean, that's two categories of doo-doo in one. Because not only is Ike Villanueva not on the roster, he's not a freaking heavyweight. He's a light heavyweight. Parisian would outweigh him by 70 pounds. That's great. I love you, buddy, but this is just not a good pick. Has Ike not fought at, did he not fight once in at heavyweight in the UFC? Maybe he shot, like, the, his short notice debut, when he took on, like, a week notice, like, the first pandemic fight. Against Chase oh, Sherman. Chase Sherman, yeah. Okay, he's not heavyweight. And, and we realized immediately once that fight began that he should never fight at heavyweight again in the UFC because he was just outsized and it was just such a huge difference. That's, that's kind of due to ish, but that's this. That's bad. That's bad. How about this one, AK? Oh, God. Tiago Moises versus Joel Alvarez. What? Which is literally the fucking what the this one. People, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? I understand people who like, okay, they can't be bothered to go to Topology or Sherdog to look for like upcoming fights. Fine. Okay. Whatever. Wikipedia. The man has a Wikipedia entry. It's right there. It's right there. You probably heard it on the broadcast. Like he's coming off a loss to Joel Alvarez. What is that? Like what's hot? What is it? Is it again? Is it our fault? Is it? Did we do this? I don't know. I don't know. What Listen, I just want to say this. We 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 might be mad. We might not be mad. We might be disappointed, but we do this out of love. Just like when we say something on the preview show or the post fight show, and you don't agree, you and your yes. home, and your your buddies, you'll jump on Twitter and you'll and you'll you'll shove it back in our faces. We say this out of love. If you if you sat at a if you met us at a bar somewhere and you sat down and you said these are my picks, I would say the same thing to you. Like if you were my best friend, like if AK said that to me, I would say AK, this is I mean, this is. This is a triple scoop doo-doo sundae with hot fudge, whipped cream, and a cherry <laughs> oh. and chocolate oh. sprinkles on top. Oh. I mean, this is just, it looks good, but it already happened, and it tasted like crap then. It tastes way worse now because we just saw it. And Alvarez destroyed Tiago Moises. So can we start, like, penal- can we start suspending people like a week? <laughs> it's offensive. This week was offensive. We get a few every now and then. Like this week, I'm not even done. Wait, do you see? I got, I got, I got more. Now, I got more. Now, listen. If if, if you feel like, if, if you're trying to at least get going here, do what Adam Marvin did. A preface. Hey, Mike. I've given some picks a couple times now. Just wanted to say that I love the show. I listen every week. You and AK do a great job. I'm a bit of an M- MMA newbie, 
So I'm still trying to improve my picks. Hopefully okay. they aren't too doo-doo. He's going with Rachmana versus Wonderboy. Fine. Curtis versus Haas. Fine. Then he goes with Boys. No, versus... not fine. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Curtis versus Haas is not fine. They just fought. Oh, yeah, that's true. Damn it. They just fought. I had that. I had Curtis that. Curtis versus Haas. I'm doo-doo for not remembering because that fight no, just no, freaking no, happened. No. Sorry. Sorry, no, Adam. No, no. Sorry. No, Mike, you are not. You are not. That was doo-dooish on my end. This is, no, no, it's Lack not. Lack of sleep. Yep. Stop. I'm taking it's it. It's not your fault. Sorry, no. Adam. I'm on the doo-doo train your, with you. This is not your fault. <laughs> this is what this is what they have done to us. This is what they have done to us. They just fought one. Uh, sorry, uh, he's one. Uh, sorry, two fights removed from Phil Haas, and he just he knocked him out. For God, I'm yeah. sorry, Mike. Keep going. Go on. I'm sorry. Moises versus Boycano. I believe they're both teammates, so that doesn't really work. But uh, again, ATT is a huge gym. Teammates can fight each other, and you're new. And he asks a question, AK. He ends it with a question. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this to you. I also He is a fellow Canadian. I also wanted to ask, as a Canadian myself, looking for a fellow countryman or woman to cheer for, who do you think has the most potential to make a good run out of the UFC fighters from Maple Country? Um, I like Gavin Tucker. Uh, I still like Jasmine Justabesius. I know she got like housed in her last fight, but I think that says more about her opponent than her. Um, boy, if we're just talking about the UFC... Uh, you know what? Go with the who's the guy in the PFL who just uh, stole a fight from uh, Clay Collard. Uh, Martinez. Uh, Alexander Martinez. He he uh, he represents multiple uh, countries, and I believe Canada is one of them. So let's uh, let's get behind uh, let's get behind Alex Martinez here. I believe that he has yes he does he does also represent Canada. So he's a man of many nations. He's from Paraguay, but he's a man of many nations. So there you go. That's my guy. Uh, no no no. Gavin Tucker, Jasmine Justabesius, and uh, yeah, hey, what the hell, Alexander Martinez. You got away with one uh, in your most recent fight, but you're also uh, two two wins away from a million dollars. So that's a lot of uh, that's like and that's like uh, 13 million Canadians. So yeah, um, he'll be a, he'll be a rich man come when he comes home. And the prohibition will never let you forget it either, because Don Davis is doing media rounds saying <laughs> we're transparent. This guy lost. That, that was awkward. <laughs> uh, that was so awkward. We end with Marcus, who has his little graph here. Let's uh-huh. see if we have anything new. I'll pull it up, too. Josh Parisian, Tanner Bozer, Umar versus Kyler Phillips. I do like that fight. Uh, Chris Curtis versus the Tavares Duplessis winner. Probably have to be Drickus to, for that to happen. He likes Olberg versus Grishin. Yeah. I like this idea a lot. Tiago Moises versus Guram Kutatalatse. Oh, yeah. That's a great fight. Great pick. Marcus, you've been killing it lately. And then he just gave us one Bellator pick, which is the only pick, to be honest with you. Brennan Ward versus Saba Hamasi. You have to make that fight. I, I'm with you. I tweeted on uh, Friday, Saba Hamasi is right near the top of my list of fighters who, like, if someone, you know, someone said, I'm going to give you $5 million to take, like, one clean shot from this guy, like, hands down, chin out, I would not take it. I know, he like you know Francis Ngannou's on that list, Justin Gaethje, like guys like that. I put Saba Hamasi up there. When he lands a clean shot, it is like one of the scariest things. People watch if you didn't see it, watch his knockout that he got on Friday. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he just he just <laughs> it was. He is, he is as as our good friend Jen Michu likes to say a lot. He is the definition of get or get God. Oh, and when he gets he gets a lot so go ahead my best friend right, on to right. you hopefully you don't so get too sal- upset no i'm it's too late i'm so salty i'm gonna run through these as quickly as i can uh first off consensus picks you know it's funny i didn't really see a big consensus for gamrod i saw dariush i saw some people say 
RDA Fazeev winner, and I saw some people say uh, Gaethje. So it was kind of oh, and uh, Ismagulov was up there too. So I, I usually there's like one pick that jumps out for a main event winner. This was like all over the place. So kind of a good thing, I guess. It means Gamrot has options, but also kind of bad because it makes me think he's not going to get one of the sort of the big fights he's he's angling for because the matchmakers are also aware that there's a lot of options for him. So um, Sarukian versus Gillespie, yeah, it was really popular. I want to read what Four Corner Sports NY said. He said. Uh, Maybe this will be the time Gillespie accepts a fight with Arma instead of instead, uh, ahead of him in the rankings. This man's going to need to take a fight. If not, the UFC should give Gillespie a pink slip and he can fight for Bellator, uh, or as Jed Mishu says, a promotion that nobody watches because they do a terrible job marketing their own fighters. So Bellator catching a stray there. Not sure if that's appropriate. Uh, Rachmanov, Keza was popular, as was uh, Wonderboy, and Bala Muhammad. Hayes III has this to say about the Muhammad matchup. He said, dude still looks uh, like a Terminator, and they can't let my boy Wonderboy fight him. I think it'll be tough to get people to fight down and face him. Uh, Luke Air Burns would make sense if they didn't train at Stanford 2. This could be outside the box, but have him and Bilal fight. Have it be a five-rounder. And put it... This is not going to happen. Put it in writing. Bilal gets a title fight if he wins. Yeah, okay. Uh, depending how the, how the division looks, uh, Shavkat could probably be in the position for a title fight if he wins as well. Yeah, I mean, Shavkat w- would be... Uh, Muhammad, they're, ne- they're never going to promise him anything. Um, yes, the Parisian versus Vendera Sherman winner, as we said, kind of just recently uh, like reported on Fight Night. So, uh, but and a lot of people were quick to jump on that one. Uh, a lot of people with me on Curtis versus uh, either Hall or Muniz, so I'm down with that. And uh, Cody Durden versus C.J. Vergara was uh, surprisingly popular. All right, individual messages here. Let me read one from Christian, a first-timer on Instagram. He didn't want to issue picks yet. He uh, he doesn't want them to be doo-doo, a smart man. But I did want to uh, shout him out. It is his first time commenting. And Christian, I will read your comments out next uh, – read your picks next time. Uh, I'll count that as your first time. He just said uh, he wants to see the UFC make Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz before we uh, lose out on that fight. So that was how he introduced himself. Okay. And congrats, Christian, on your uh, DraftKings wins. Tom Fucher, a first-timer. Big love from the UK for Mike and myself. One pick. One pick. Shavkat versus Leon Edwards when Usman trucks him. So there you go, Mike. This guy is uh, is kind of with you. That's he the one. That's yep, what's going to happen, that. folks. Well done, Tom. You you and you know what? Friends forever. Uh, you and uh, Tom Fucher, apparently. So there you go. I like it. And, and Mayhead's always sending in a ton of picks. Uh, yeah, Moises versus Kutalatse. That's money. Alberg versus Negu Marianu Poteria winner. UFC 277, July 30th. I'm going to have to get that Poteria pronunciation down by then. Uh, Demopolis versus Brianna Fortino. Yeah, whenever uh, Fortino's ready to fight again. she uh, She's had a couple of... Um, cancellations and you know still coming still 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 coming back uh from her from her it will be her first fight since uh since giving birth so uh that hopefully we see that soon let me go to the email like our pal tristan gordet hey hey let me read you know what you know what uh he's been he's been a good he's a good dude as always but uh, he's yeah. i think he's been he's been particularly good lately so i was gonna read all this out gamrot versus ismagulov i know gamrot should fight someone up the rankings but i feel ismagulov is unofficially already a ranked fighter because of how highly skilled he is. So the same goes for uh, Guram Kutadlatse, and he wants to see Kutadlatse fight Sarukian. Chris Curtis versus Anthony Hernandez. Uh, he had Hernandez facing Chidi Njigwani, but it looks like, as we mentioned before, Chidi is facing Gregor Rodriguez. So good call for Mike. I'm, and good call for you, Mike. I'm predicting that fight last week uh, on Otno. So there you go. If you, I don't, I don't, you get an Otno point, and you're getting your kudos from Tristan Gordet. Wow. What a day. What a weekend. 
It's the best day ever. <laughs> the best day ever. Uh, and he also mentions Mario Bautista versus Javid Basharat. And another email from, again, our, our, our pal Casey Carpenter. It's a lovely, great work this week. Love Mike's Daily Show. Hopefully one day I can take the off work and call in. So Casey's always listening. Mike, they just uh, haven't had the chance to call in. And they like uh, Batista versus Montel Jackson. Where is Montel Jackson? I don't know. He was scheduled to fight not long ago, and he had to pull out, I think. I, it's been – Montel is just – that is what has just really slowed him down is just the lack of activity. He just yeah. gets a fight He's, on the books. It just kind of – it's like one of those things that just – we don't find out about it until like two weeks before when mm, they just flash mm. a graphic on the screen. And then for some re- one reason or another, you just can't get there. It stinks. And at Bantamweight, if, when you don't fight, like you just drop, you just, you, you can't, you, you don't even lose just by inactivity. You're dropping like guys are just jumping over you. So it's tough. I love this one. Morozov versus uh, Tony Gravely. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I think it's a great matchup. And uh, Casey just says, screw it. Rachmanov versus Jemayev. Make it happen now. I sincerely doubt that happens. But I, I do love the idea. And uh, Magni versus Michelle Pereira. So there you go. And let's finish with our Twitter our Twitter pals here. Uh, again, there's a lot. So I'm not going to read all these out, guys. I apologize. Uh, Chris at Dragonslayer 2. Likes Chris Curtis versus Roman Delice. Sure. Braden O'Neill. Chris Curtis versus uh, Chris Weidman. Mike, comeback fight. Do you think the timeline – we don't know when Weidman's coming back. If Chris Curtis can wait, do you think that's the right matchup, Chris on Chris? Wow. It could be a while, though. Yes. He might not fight this year. Like, I don't think why. I think he, I mean. You think he will? I mean, he seems to think he's gonna, so. Um, Listen, if Wyman fights, if Wyman comes back in, like, October, November-ish, maybe. But listen, even if Chris fights Imovov. Even if Curtis fights Imovov, mm-hmm. he could still fight Weidman after that. Like, and, he, and he would. Yeah, and he, he would. would step in on a week's notice and fight him. <laughs> he's, an, he's a madman. Uh, Murazov versus John Castaneda and uh, Mario Batista versus Cody Stamen. Chris Martin, some good picks here, but I'll call I'll call it the due to one first. Friesian versus uh, Justin Taffa, Dantel Mays, loser. Friesian and Mays just fought. They just <laughs> fought. What are we doing as a society what are we doing? We live in this society. We live, he fought him two December. Uh, no, last December. I'm sorry. This was six months ago. <laughs> what are we doing? Chris Martin. Come on, man. Um, I'll read it. Moises versus uh, Diego Fajeda. Drakkar, close winner. UFC 277, fine. Uh, Nerd and BK versus... I'm so demoralized. <laughs> Nerd and Becky, Becky versus uh, Tucker Lutz. Uh, Demopolis versus Conejo, sure. James... <laughs> James McDonald, I won't say it again. He's also he's the one who also brought up Curtis and Hodge. So James McDonald, for God's sakes. Uh, Umar versus Chris Gutierrez. Moises versus Umagulov. Sean Haywood. Uh, I shouldn't even read it because he also threw out the Nemagomedov Edgar fight earlier. Um, Demopoulos versus Kanako Murata. I like that. Durden versus Jake Hadley. Sure. Morozov versus Hapalas and Sal. Boy, what a tough fight for uh, Hapalas and Sal that would be. And is with me on Parisian. And uh, Rodrigo Nascimento. Uh, Four Corner Sports NY, Magni versus Randy Brown. Has that never been booked? I don't think so. Man, that seems like... I can't believe that hasn't been booked before. I like it. Um, and Morozov versus the Simone Shore winner. Hayes third. Oh, I want to read this. Uh, Gamrot versus Dos Anjos if he loses to Fazeev. Uh Why did I say I want to read this? 
Government. Uh, we are really cursed just to have <laughs> controversial main events or title fights as of recent, it seems. Uh, good thing we don't have a title fight next week with a matchup where controversial scoring has happened before. Uh, you know, listen, I just hope we don't see, have to see another Volkanovsky uh, Holloway fight. I thought, uh, even though they've been great, I thought Armand won it, but it was definitely close and fun fight to watch. Uh, as for Gar- Gamrot's next fight, I respect that Justin Gaethje call out, but there are other fights I'd like for Justin for Justin, excuse me, like Max at 125, which has to happen. So I'll go with the uh, with uh, Gamrot versus Dos Anjos if, if he loses to physique. Uh, Hayes, also Magni versus Holland, Moises versus Madsen, Durden versus uh, Zimugula, some other good picks. Steven Breiter, uh, what's jumping out at him here? Gamrod versus Ferguson, so there's another one, another vote for that. Uh, Moises versus Riddell, Turner, Loser, Shore. Dax at Pike Putt, Bautista versus Gutierrez. Has that, they're not friends or anything, right? Who is this? Bautista versus Gutierrez. Why did this sound so familiar to me? Um, or strange to me. Maybe it's just been suggested on the show a lot. Yeah, MMA Lab versus Factory X. Oh, are they both Factory X guys? No. But this is MMA Lab. They're not. Oh, you're you're checking to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MMA Lab. Okay, you're checking to see. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just been recommended on the show before. That's why I won. So, good good pick, Hayes. Yeah, I do think we see. I actually think we do see that one someday. Francesca, our pal from Italy. Uh, Friesen versus Jake Collier. Sure. Moises versus Payas. You mentioned that one earlier. I I really like it. And Curtis versus Brunson, also mentioned before, but uh, that'd be a big, big fight for Chris Curtis if you get that one. Emilio uh, Demopoulos versus Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Wow, that's a good one. I make if we're saying Angela Hill is an appropriate fight, Kovalkiewicz might be there too. And Kovalkiewicz definitely not picking fights at this stage of her career. I mean, she just snapped what a five-fight, four-year um, <laughs> losing streak. So that might be that might be the perf- that might be actually the perfect pick for Demopoulos. I love it. Emilio, well done. I hope you get a solo point for that. I hope that fight does happen. Uh, Morozov versus the Deandraj Saeed-Nurmagomedov loser. Nerdin Beke versus Algeo Quarantillo winner. UFC ABC 3, July 16th. Ulber- oh, this is too much. Uh, Ulberg versus OSP. Ulberg probably, I mean, OSP probably annihilates him at this point, right? Yeah, I don't love it. Okay. I don't love, like, there's ways Olberg can win that fight, but I mean, every time, every time OSP becomes a litmus test for a guy like Olberg, it never turns out well. For the so, for the for the guy being tested. Yes, oh. OSP always seems to come through with with big, just it, it, some sort of dominant win or like a vicious knockout. Yeah, I, I just think that's too much too soon. I think I, we got to give Olberg just. These are the kinds of fights like. What we saw, the Inchukwis, the I mean, if William Knight wants to go back to two hundred five, like that's fine. Sure, I like that. Um, something like that, like Kamer's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Like we want to build, like we know, we know what the UFC is trying to do here. They can Olberg can become a star. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's first team all handsome. The dude can scrap. He's in exciting fights, and when he actually pulls the trigger, he's real fun to watch. And that we got to see that last night. So, yeah, don't go crazy. Don't 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 go crazy. No Iwan, it, no Kutalaba, no OSP, nobody like in the top twenty-five. We gotta we gotta think like baby steps, baby steps. One of Alberg's nicknames is Ladies Night. I had not heard this before. I hadn't either until he is he has announced as Bla- he has announced as Black Jag, but apparently he has gone by Ladies Night in the past uh, for 
you know what, guys? See, check out the story at MMAfighting.com. All right, it'll be up by the time you listen to this, probably. He explained it at the post fight press conference. Doesn't surprise me. That's a nickname of his. There's so many reasons why. Uh, it's 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 fairly harmless, but um, well, I wish that was my nickname. Uh, Marcus McGahey, Rachmana versus uh, Michelle Pereira, uh, Nerden Becke versus I pronounced by the way I pronounced uh, Nerden Becke's name about eleven different ways uh, on the show. <laughs> Jamal Emers, so I apologize to uh, to uh, Mr. Nunbeke. And uh, and Chukwe versus Kamer. Ain't no expert. Uh, wanted the Bobby Green Moises fight. Didn't mention it was a rematch. I'm just furious at everyone at this point. <laughs> Curtis versus Petrosky. No, Petrosky's way behind him at this point. Gosh darn. You know what? His name is Ain't No Expert, so I don't even know why I'm getting upset. All right, okay. And I'll end with two uh, two guys who I didn't have a chance to our regular Otno pickers who I didn't have the chance to uh, look at their DMs ahead of time, but they're always writing well-thought-out suggestions, so this week I will give them a little extra time uh, and just because ex- they explain things. So for Thomas Collins, uh, what's a good one to read out here? Curtis, Chris Curtis versus Darren Tilt, Jack Hermanson loser? Sure, I'd have to see how the time lined up. Uh, and Thomas just says, I think this would be a fun fight. We'll give an opportunity for Chris to get his deserved stuff up and a shot at a ranked opponent. Uh, Gamrot versus Fazeev Dos Anjos loser. What a fight, but Gamrot's probably another fight away from fighting Gaethje, and really the winner of Fazeev versus Dos Anjos should get him. The loser of the upcoming main event would be a good test. So thank you, Thomas, for always writing this out. And lastly, Barry O'Reilly, our man in Ireland. Uh, Vanessa Domobles versus Maria Oliveira. Two fun fighters scoring off against each other. Interested to see Oliveira's pressure against Vanessa's power and takedowns. Durden versus Jake Hadley. Hadley lost his debut, but showed some promising signs. Was a talent in Cage Warriors. Could do this in England and give Durden a chance to get a win back against a hometown favorite in England. Norton Bique versus Lucas Almeida. Shailan is jacked. Fun fight versus the impressive Almeida. Winner gets a big step up next fight. Oh, Ulberg. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Ulberg uh, versus... These two aren't fighting. No, they're not fighting. But okay, normally I don't read this, but this is fine. Ulberg versus Luke Rockhold slash Khalil Roundtree. Uh, Ulberg versus Rockhold would be for the other BMF belt, the beautiful MF belt. <laughs> we would all be winners if this fight was made, uh, as it won't be a fun fight. It will be Ulberg versus Roundtree, as it will be a stand-up fight for some great striking and kicking. And uh, the last one I'll read from them is the Umar versus Mirab Devashvili or Raniyaya. I've been calling for the Mirab fight since day one-ish. So if the Aldo fight isn't made, then make Umar versus Mirab. If the Aldo fight is made, I wouldn't be mad. Umar versus Rani Yaya might be might pose a bit more of a threat than Manus in the ground, and is still a step up. Uh, and he also likes Gamrod versus Gaethje. So there you go. Someone's supporting that. Uh, so that's it, guys. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we got a lot of picks, a lot of terrible picks. Um, <laughs> do better. I almost don't want to read out my information because I'm so mad, and I don't want any more do do in my punish them. But no, no. At Alexander Kaylee on Twitter, at Alexander KK Lee on Instagram, Alex.Lee at SBNation.com. Guys, stop filling our inbox with doo-doo. Stop lighting, <laughs> stop lighting that, stop crapping in that, that paper bag and lighting it on fire and putting it on our doorstep. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, I love this. Wow. I mean, we, we can do better. Consider this a alert. Consider this your you, you could call yourself Armand Sarukian. You're only going to get better from this. Yo, we're li- they're lucky we're live next week, so we're probably not going to be vetting these. There probably there'll probably be some doo doo picks next week too. But I am I'm already fired up. I will have my doo doo uh, radar will be on point. I'm going to call people out live on on YouTube if it has to be done. Okay, next week will be interesting because I have no idea what's going to happen. We're going to do a show. Is it going to be live? Hopefully, 
is there a chance it might not be live? Maybe. I don't know. They I'm, better hope it's not. Yeah, we. I'm gonna be. In, <laughs> I'm gonna be in Vegas coming off of that event. First time. Yes, first Vegas time. Vegas virgin. Guys, Mike's a Vegas virgin. Yes, so this will be my first time being there. I have no idea how I'm going to feel after this event. Uh, I have no idea when the show will start. I have no clue. We will figure it out, and we will let you know. I might have to do it solo. We don't know what condition you'll be in after Saturday night. That's true. So we will let you know. Um, <laughs> I did do it in Jacksonville. We had to record it on the podcast network because I had to drive home. The good news for this particular show is that the only flight that, didn't, that wouldn't have cost my company an extra like $1,500 to take the day before 4th of July was to take a red eye Sunday night. So my flight out of Vegas Sunday night is at just before midnight heading into Monday. So technically on the East Coast, when I am in the air, you'll be sleeping like babies. And then I land on the East Coast back home at like 1 p.m. Eastern on Monday. So I will be, I will be spending a full day in Vegas extra essentially. So we will get the show done. It's happening. We'll figure out how to do it. Um, we'll make it work somehow. Yes. What's make your game, Mike? Like, what's your game? For blackjack, po- blackjack, poker. Craps. I'm very good. At, I'm, I, I've had great luck with blackjack when I'm covering fights and I go early. Uh, I like poker the best because you have essentially some control over what happens. In uh-huh. some way, I mean, when you're playing cash games with these people who just have all the money in the world, they don't care and they'll just bet on everything and it drives you insane. But I've learned that. And poker, to me, when I play at a casino, it's super boring because you have to just sit. Like, I play super tight at casinos and cash games because you have to wait for something big to happen. Like, you yeah. have to wait for a big yeah. hand because you know you're going to get two or three idiots who are just going to come along yeah. for the ride and put all their yeah. money in on caca so yeah we'll see what happens i don't know how much time i'm gonna have to play games because it's gonna be crazy when i tell you i said on the post fight show that we're gonna come home from vegas with content for months i'm telling you we're gonna be giving you content for months i would say between friday and saturday i'm gonna do 50 interviews like 50 of them 50 me and a fighter or me and somebody else i'm I might walk out of there with 60 interviews for fight week, just me and somebody else. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited to find out. And I am excited for UFC 276 because next week on the program, we're going to be discussing the aftermath of UFC 276. Here's the card as it stands right now. 13 fights. Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier for the middleweight title. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Three for the featherweight title. Sean Strickland versus Alex Pajeda. Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. We did lose Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. Yeah, I think we're down to 12 fights, actually, right? I don't think so. Wasn't that? Yeah, that was that would have that would have been no 13. Yeah, no, that would have been 14. Are you looking at topology? Yes. They they misnumbered. They don't. They didn't change their numbers when they removed. Oh, ah, they got you. Ah, they tricked you. Doo doo. Sneaky. No, no, it's not your fault. No, they were doo doo for not changing their numbers. Well, it could be 13 because here's here's what I've learned about the situation since Saturday. There is a glimmer of hope, perhaps, that Misha Tate will still fight on this card. But I would personally, here's where I sit after talking to multiple people about this. Something tells me that won't happen, but maybe it will. Uh, and if not, 
expect to see Tate Murphy rebooked for later in July. That's what I want to see. I still want to see that fight. But not done yet. If Tate can, if they can find an opponent for Tate for Saturday, for next Saturday, Tate will probably would rather just stay at home and continue her weight cut and just fight rather than push it back again and push it back two weeks so close. But mm. we'll see what happens. I would that I would probably do the same thing if I was her. Uh, so Pedro Mujan O'Malley, Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner is a banger. Robbie Lawler, Brian Barbarina, banger. Ian Amazing. Gary, Gabe Green should be fun. Donald Cerrone, Jim Miller. Uriah Hall, Andre Muniz, Jessica I, Macy Barber, Brad Tavares, Strickis Duplessis. That's the second fight of the night, by the way. Damn. That's the second fight of the night. That is a co-main event on any fight night card, 100%. Still knocks. And this is probably a main card fight on a fight night card. The first fight of the night is Jessica Rose Clark versus Julia Stoliarenko. That's just going to be a crazy fight. And I can't wait to talk about the aftermath of it with all of you who are not going to have any doo-doo picks next week. We're going to get a good rest all week long, and we're going to come back with a doo-doo free edition of on to the next one. And always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have lots of fun following UFC 276 right here on on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.